Next on BYU Sports Nation, March basketball back in Las Vegas. ESPN bracketologist Joe Lunardi makes his show debut. The best and worst case seeding scenarios for the Cougars. The latest conference shakeup rumors are more about poaching than expansion. Is this the way for the Cougars to get into a Power 5 league? Plus, ESPN's Roxy Bernstein joins us live from the Orleans and volleyball game day for number one versus number two in Hawaii. Let's go. This is this is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from the WCC Basketball Media Days in Las Vegas, Nevada, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live from the studio Orleans. It was six years ago yesterday we launched this simulcast from this very arena. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. The show, as always, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with co-ed softball power hitter, Jerem Jordan. Now, last night uh, in Fresno, more like Fres, yes, with uh, Gordon Eakin, the softball teams, they're, they're having their equivalent of a shoot-around, right? They go and pitch and hit and catch and get acquainted with the field. Well, Gordon Eakin uh, takes some cuts. He's the head softball coach here. He's been the only coach here for 21 years. Gordon Eakin, bang, out of the venue, just launching homers, and the whole team was like, oh, and the pitcher, we don't know if it was Arissa Paulson or somebody else, is ticked, man. Yeah, we're trying to Eakin's figure it out. dancing around second base. They're He's kicking buckets. Mythical, you know, five to himself at third base. That dude can still launch, but it's great to be here in Vegas. This is the 10th year that we are here, ninth of BYU in the league. The first year we came here, Jimmer Mania is going on. They're waiting to go to the Mountain West Tournament. We're down here doing this tournament, and uh, it's great to be here. We're going to do all the games ESPN doesn't. ESPN will come in Saturday and do some of the men's. Uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, do some of the women's. So we're going to do eight women's games starting at uh, noon Pacific time, uh, 3 Eastern, coming up today. You and I are involved in those, uh, Dave and Blaine and Kristen, and, and uh, we got Roxy Bernstein uh, on the show. He's going to be a part of that coverage as well. So it's a packed thing. This is, like We are all in, all the chips in the middle with our entire crew we got Big Blue down here. This is going to be a fun, crazy, amazing week. Hopefully one that ends in BYU raising a, a title or two. They're going to have to upset Gonzaga on both sides to do it. Nice Vegas-related play on words with the all-in. Know the audience. On the West Coast Conference Championships. Gamble. We're going to hit a home run of sorts in today's show lineup. Joe Lunardi, resident ESPN bracketologist, will make his show debut why is BYU a six seed in his latest bracketology when the Cougars are number nine in the net rankings and number 10 in Ken Palm? Those yeah. don't exactly line up, so we'll ask him about that. Plus, you mentioned Roxy Bernstein, Jerem, on who really deserves the West Coast Conference Player of the Year award. If he feels like us or if we're just crazy. I don't think we're, well, I don't think we're crazy on this subject. We I, are, think we're, I think we're generally crazy. Yeah, okay, yeah. I was going to say. There is yeah. there is some form of crazy there. Plus, BYU men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead will join us to preview All night. an epic number one versus number two matchup between BYU and Hawaii. Now, I'm happy to be here in Vegas, but you know where I wish I was tonight? Honolulu. Man. Yeah, in Oahu hey, again. Well, one, Hawaii. Two, uh, BYU and Hawaii. One versus two. First time since so one, this is the case, that they faced off one versus two. Big... Big matches. If BYU comes out with a split, I think that's awesome. BYU wins two, even better. Uh, try not to lose it, right? But if BYU can go and win there, that says a lot on the road against the number one team. Hey, let's add to the volleyball conversation with today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
16-0 BYU at top-ranked and unbeaten Hawaii tonight in Honolulu for the first of two matches on the islands. BYU off to the second-best start in program history. Fun fact, Hawaii is also off to their second-best start in program history. The game airs live at midnight Eastern, 9 Pacific. You can stream it on BigWest.tv. Watch it on Spectrum Sports. Big matches, as mentioned. BYU baseball plays at Oklahoma State today, 5 Eastern on ESPN Plus and BYU Radio 107.9 FM. First of a three-game series, the Cougars are 7-6 and six after a comeback win against Utah Valley, in which the Cougars drove, what, 4 nothing in that game? In the top of the first. How about that? So, nice comeback Tuesday. BYU head track and field coach Ed Isto named the MPSF Indoor Track and Field Coach of the Year for a second consecutive season. Isto led the men to their second straight MPSF championship. BYU runners won four individual titles and produced four other top three finishes. And the Cougars will send 11 athletes in 13 entries to the 2020 NCAA Indoor Track and Field Championships next week uh, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The men's team won the MPSF title last week in Seattle. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Viva Las Vegas once again. The BYU basketball metrics have never been better. Nine in the net rankings, 10 in the Ken Palm ratings, number 15 in the latest AP Bowl. That is quite a combination for BYU. You're going back to the Jimmer years to look at what a similar team would have been in said metrics. A top team, 10 team, right? Pretty wild. Now, Jerem, if the numbers are so good, why is BYU only a six seed in the latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi and Andy Katz? Let's attempt to answer this, and we do have Joe Lenardi on. It was a taped conversation from yesterday uh, coming up a little bit later. Nine in the net is one metric. Okay, it's, it's, but if it's, it's the metric. It's though, the primary it? sorting tool for the tournament selection committee. And it's way better than dumb RPI. RPI was your record, your opponent's record, and your opponent's opponent's record, certain percentage, typically 50, 25, 25. That was dumb. An archaic metric. Google came up with this metric with the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee and said, okay, let's take into account offensive and defensive efficiency. Let's take into account margin. Let's take into account strength of schedule, where the games are played. If there's any metric, it's that one. So BYU in nine, that's good. But BYU's top 14, 15, and others. So 10 in Kempom is another metric. Okay, Two where BYU's top 10. Top 16 in four of the seven. So if each metric was a seed, what would BYU be? Let's walk through it. Net, three seed. They'd be the top They'd be a, seed. Yes. Ken Palm, three seed. BPI, four. Sagarin, four. Strength of record, six. KPI, seven. I don't understand why BYU is not a four or five. I, 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 is Sunday play the thing? Like, again, we'll, we'll explain this a little bit. So one three, through 68 are listed. Then the nuances of, okay, this team played this team three times, so they can't play until in league so the, and the conference tournament, so they can't play until the Elite Eight. Okay, that means they need to move in. All of that gets sorted out. BYU Sunday play is a policy that jumps in. The first thing is who's 1 through 68? And then they will adjust down, but maybe up, we learned from Tom Homo, to just put BYU in a certain situation. Gonzaga being so good actually affects BYU in this regard because BYU can only be a four if they're in the non-Gonzaga region, assuming Gonzaga is assuming a one. Assuming Gonzaga is a one Which seed. is the West and uh, Midwest regions. So it's it's interesting that way. And, oh, by the way, BYU played San Diego State. And, oh, by the way, BYU played Kansas. 
So BYU's a four. They're trying to avoid a rematch until the Sweet 16. But if you played them three times, it's the Elite Eight. Da, da, da. All of this is potentially why BYU may be a six as opposed to a four or five. But what does BYU deserve right now? Four, baby! A foe! BYU deserves a four seed right now. We'll see how it shakes out after uh, Monday's game and hopefully Tuesday's game. Yeah, BYU right now should be on the 4-5 seed line in the Midwest or the West. But again, because of Thursday, Saturday, there are two major factors here. Yes, the Sunday play is an issue for BYU. The Cougars have to be in the West or Midwest because Indianapolis and Los Angeles are the only two Sweet 16 Elite Eight scenarios that play on Thursday, Sunday. We've gone over the first and second round Thursday, Friday possibilities but you still have to be within the West or the Midwest because if you win, you can't get into a scenario where, oh, no, the committee forgot and BYU would be playing on a Friday and Sunday. And that happened in 2003. I was going to say, wasn't it? Yeah, I was on my uh, mission trip, and I remember hearing like later, oh, they played in a Friday, Sunday. They played in a Thursday, Saturday <laughs> oh, game. Oh, but, but if they won. If they had won and gone to the Sweet 16, then they would have had to literally <laughs> move BYU what, into a different quadrant. What did the selection committee do it? Like uh, like in uh, Word Perfect or something? What, what happened that year? Crazy. <laughs> They're not a sponsor. We're good. So it looks like there is a very strong possibility that Gonzaga is going to be the number one seed in the West. You know who could knock them off that? BYU could potentially if the Cougars beat Gonzaga again down here, but I don't know that they that, may stay a one. I think they could stay yeah, a one because what? Like BYU's a good team. It's not a bad loss. Oh, BYU's top ten in net. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So like, are you going to punish Gonzaga for losing on a neutral court to number nine in the net and make them not a one seed? Can we talk about that for a sec? If BYU won the semifinal, I think semifinal is crazy hard. Probably St. Mary's, right? If BYU beats Gonzaga, where would they be in net? Like six, six or seven, six or six seven. Or seven. Are you kidding me? Yeah, wild. And then you can't be a six seed. You got to be a four at that point. If you beat Gonzaga again, boom, four. So Gonzaga, I think, regardless of what happens, very likely to be the number one seed in the West. Yeah, Kansas is going to be the one seed in the Midwest. They're going to be They'll the number be the one team overall, overall. One seed, and probably. they accommodate brackets and regions to the top seed. So Kansas is going to play in the Midwest in Indianapolis in the Sweet 16 because yeah. they deserve it. They have earned it. Literally earned it. Yeah, everyone else is sort of random except for the ones. BYU to be in that bracket as a 4-5 just has to be a 4-5 scenario on a Thursday, Saturday in the first and second rounds, and then they advance. But not in Gonzaga's. But not in Gonzaga's. So yeah. it seems like the It'll best. It'll be in San Diego State's. The only way for BYU to be a 4-5 right now, if Gonzaga and Kansas are one seeds, is the 4-5 in the Midwest. And BYU, it would probably be in San Diego State's bracket then at this point, right? It's crazy. In the West or Midwest. It's, yeah, exactly. it's just complicated. So that's why I see BYU It is complicated. Down, I hate the complications. I hate this year learning all the details because now we're bogging it down. with it. Before, it's just like seeds. And now we're like, well, the policy of the Elite Eight in the third game. It's like so <laughs> complicated. You know what? The NIT was a lot easier, guys. Let's sit. No, I'm just Stop kidding. it. Topic two. Last week when USC's athletic director, Mike Bond, was asked if he'd be willing to consider independence or join another conference because of uh, disputes with Pac-12 and money and the network. Blah, blah, blah. He said, I think right now, and Larry Scott, the commissioner of the Pac-12, would agree with this. Everything's on the table. What? Uh, Later, Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports followed up, and Bond said USC is aligned with the Pac-12. There's no talk of leaving, but USC would explore it if it was on the table. Mm. So he, uh, here's the question. Andy Staples of The Athletic said, you know what? Right now is the time for the Big 12 to do what the Pac-12 tried to do to them and poach some of those teams into their league. So is that a better option for BYU football in the future to have poaching versus expansion? 
Yes. More dominoes will fall, more scramble, and it would be downright panic if two or even four teams from the Pac-12 went to the Big 12. You think it's bad at Costco getting water and toilet paper right now? Just wait for the uh, Big 12 to poach the Pac-12 in college football equivalent. Imagine UCLA, USC, and let's say Arizona and Arizona State going to the Big 12. Now all of a sudden the Pac-12 is in scramble mode, and that benefits BYU because there are only so many programs that you look at and say, okay, regionally, TV markets, natural rivalries, uh, okay, let's go with BYU. Who's left and who can – because let's be honest, BYU is as good of a draw for all the reasons you listed as a bunch of the Pac-12 schools, right? Um, BYU can't rival Oregon with Nike and whatnot, but – Oregon State, Wazoo, and Arizona. and Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? But BYU would fit in terms of what they bring to the table across the board as an athletic department and the network and whatnot. Yes, BYU's in the upper crust there, at least we think so. Would another network feel that way? This is the, the desperation would be great for BYU, it's like real. you said. Yes. Yeah. So if this happens, who knows? If you're rooting for this, you're rooting for the Pac 12 to just crumble, right? Would it still be a Power 5 league at that point is a question that I would ask. I would think so if Oregon's still involved. If Oregon's still in, it's, it's, a, it's a power league, right? But if USC and UCLA are gone, that L.A., that's the biggest market, right, second biggest market in the country, or is it first to New York, right, one of the top two? Yeah, and USC and UCLA are all about having earlier start times. If you're playing Oklahoma and Texas, you're going to get earlier game times. Yes, and, let, and let's think about it, too. 50% of the why, – why do we always say – some people that in local Salt Lake markets don't understand why we say Eastern time on BYU TV because we're a national channel. We're not a local channel. 50% of the population in the U.S. lives where? In the Eastern time zone. 50. They still say Midwest for Ohio. I know. They're stuck in the 1700s geographically with that idea, right? Come on, Lewis and Clark. Yeah, the crossroads of the Western Salt Lake, baby. Lloyd Newell is right. This, this all plays into the times that you're on with college football and late and everything. The money that you can generate from a network like the Pac-12 network. Yes, I think this is a better option. Again, there are no dominoes falling here, but it's is it the tip of the iceberg? I don't I don't know. I think this would be better than expansion because right now we went through this with the Big Twelve and they're like, you know what? Bachelor, Big Twelve thing, none of you are cute. We're not enough. giving you a final rose. None of you none of you win. Are cute enough. And we're like, what? We're super hot. What are you talking about? What a hot mess that was. <laughs> yes, it's way better than expansion because Technically, the Big 12 could say, hey, Houston, come from the American, and BYU, come from Independence. Have Texas. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. And it wouldn't really have, like, this major ripple effect on college football. They Right. And they can't get a bigger TV deal from adding those two. Yeah. BYU's already independent, and the like, American would be fine losing right. one team. They'd get equivalent money for more members, so it's not just, more money. Poaching makes more dominoes fall. It forces more hands. And the funny thing is you don't want to be in the desert without a full canteen of high-quality H2O. Thank you, Bobby Boucher from the Waterboy, right? <laughs> Especially Arizona and Arizona State. But if Arizona Arizona State or USC and UCLA go out, you dump some of that water out into the Big 12 canteen, and all of a sudden you have this space, and the water might not be as high-quality elsewhere, but you still have to have a full canteen because you want to stay alive, right? I never went on Trek, but I imagine that the, that would be like that, right? Is that what it's like? You just don't have water. BYU's like, we've got the... The pure, freshest Mount Olympus water. Mount Olympus. We will quench your thirst. <laughs> yes. The three amigos are dumping out extra yes. water. <laughs> Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Chevy Chase thinks it's a great idea. Our question of the day. 
Back to BYU basketball, and this this will be a topic really all tournament long. Does BYU deserve a higher seed consideration? Right now it's a six. If you think so, why? I wonder what our audience is going to say. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Who's going to say no, by the way? No, I think a six is good. I'll be interested to see if a BYU <laughs> fan does that. At here, Slack 5 on Instagram says, yes, because the Cougars are one of the top 15 teams in the country. The top 20 teams should take the top five seeds. There are all kinds of things that go into this, but yes, BYU does uh, consider. No, they should get. Coming up, ESPN's Roxy Bernstein joins us to discuss the tournament. What shot does it give BYU to win it all? And ESPN's Joe Lunardi. Why are the Cougars a six seed when they have a net ranking of nine? He tackles that question and many more next. This is BYU Sports Nation live from the Orleans. Make me thirsty, though. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We're going to be here this whole week, and that includes Saturday. We'll have BYU Sports Nation live as well. Special time, 2 Eastern time, 11 Pacific, live from Las Vegas as we get you ready for quarterfinal action on the women's and men's side. BYU women enter the tournament on Saturday. The men not until Monday in the semifinals. What are the men going to do for, like, the next four days? They come in Friday, tomorrow, and then they'll uh, shoot around and get acquainted uh, Saturday, and then uh, Sunday off, of course. And uh, then they'll play Monday. So uh, that's what they're going to do. That was a literal answer. Okay. Thank you for that I literal answer. I think what answer. you meant was rhetorical. But uh, I, no, I'm I just gl- wanted I'm glad to you answered yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. And the women, uh, I believe, get here today? Uh, we are live from the studio Orleans. You may have noticed there is a new court behind us. Some new digs. Yeah. New it's like the Brooklyn Nets kind of. It's, it's just a different looking court. kind of deal. Yeah. The, the, uh, the light blue. The new the, WCC uh, logo in light blue. Yeah. It looks cool. I like it. New seats in the background that aren't green, by the way. Those look new and yeah. steeper as well. They're going to try and pack, obviously, as yeah. many people as they can in hey. here because it is, like, hype for this tournament is at an all-time high. Be- well, now there's someone to actually challenge Gonzaga, right? Uh, and that's BYU. They just won a couple weeks ago. And, and the BYU Rock, by the way, sold out. Love it. All the tickets. What a run for BYU basketball. And what a run for BYU Sports Nation covering this first time in five years Lock back into the NCAA. It's kind of fun when BYU's in the NCAA tournament. I forgot what that was like. ESPN's Jay Billis has joined the show. Andy Katz of NCAA.com. Jeff Goodman of Stadium Sports. And now making his show debut, Joe Lunardi. A recorded segment yesterday, and we go in-depth with the resident bracketologist for ESPN. Here's Joe Lunardi of ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. He is the pride of St. Joseph's University and resident ESPN college basketball bracketologist and insider Joe Lunardi with us on BYU Sports Station. Joe, welcome to the show. Fellas, happy to be on and uh, happy to talk Cougars. Man, it's been a while. <laughs> Five years since BYU's really been in the conversation and they have burst onto the scene, obviously, with Mark Pope. BYU, nine in the latest net rankings, 10 in Ken Palm. You've got him listed as a six seed. I think people want to know if their numbers are so good in net and Ken Palm, why do you have them as a six seed, Joe? They were a six seed in the current bracket because of bracketing rules. Uh, There are five on our seed list uh, at the moment, number 18 uh, to be exact, which doesn't, you know, completely answer the question of why not better. But let's remember that. Uh, those rankings are not the be-all and end-all of this process. 
uh, the committee's taking everything into account, and they're aggregating a lot of metrics, looking at a lot of numbers, as I am. And I have kind of a numeric index for all this, and, and, and that's, that's where they fall right now. I, I, I do think they could get into a top four seed with a WCC championship coming up here uh, in a week in Las Vegas, but I'm pretty comfortable with their slot at the moment. Joe, one of the things that makes BYU unique in terms of seeding is because of the no Sunday play. When it all comes down to it, how much do you think the fact that BYU does not play on Sunday, how much does that affect the seeding as to where they go? Well, I wouldn't use the word unique. Uh, I would use a word, you know, that maybe rhymes with pain in the grass. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I say that with all, all due respect to the rule. Like, they, great school, great tradition, they're entitled to make whatever rule they want. Uh, but, you know, the fact of the matter is it eliminates – half of the possibilities in each round of the tournament. So we know they're going to be in the West region or the Midwest, period. Uh, Based upon their seed, let's say they are a five, right? Well, let's say that uh, the the two five seeds uh, in, in, in a given bracket configuration are both slotted with fours that have been given Friday, Sunday, first weekend sites. Well, that by definition then means BYU can't be a five. Um, So, so, you know, I guess the committee can move them up or down. My opinion is they should always be moved down because to move them up is to disadvantage another team that doesn't have that role. Uh, so, So, you know, Call me call me crazy, but I think if if the school is going to be disadvantaged because of the no Sunday play uh, restriction, it it should be the one who enforces that rule. Uh, having said that, it really shouldn't be more than one seed line in any reasonable uh, set of, of of bracketing hypotheticals, and you know now like like. Let's say they win the WCC and they're between a four and a five, or or even better. But let, let's say four and a five. Well, you're talking about playing a two instead of a thirteen, and then hypothetically getting into a four or five game in the round of thirty-two. And in that, you're only talking about who wears dark jerseys, right? Because you're playing the same team you would, whether you're the four and they're the five, or vice versa. Right. Mm. I think it's more of an issue when you're down in the you know ten, eleven, and twelve, or heaven forbid, as was the case a couple times years ago, you're slotted in that Dayton situation because then you're also you can only play on the Tuesday to feed a Thursday Saturday site, and that's problematic in a lot of ways. A again, it cuts your options in half, and B, you got to get from Provo to Dayton, like and play. 48 hours after the bracket comes out. Uh, and, and I know a lot of coaches are not too wild about that, nor should they be. 
ESPN bracketologist Joe Lenardi with us on BYU Sports Nation. First and foremost, Joe, let me thank you for going through the headache of seeding BYU and, and pushing through it because <laughs> B, BYU fans are very excited to be in the bracket regardless. You already gave us what you think might be the best-case scenario for the Cougars if they beat St. Mary's and Gonzaga on back-to-back nights and they win the West Coast Conference tournament title, then they would be maybe a four seed. What's the worst-case scenario for BYU at this point, who seems like a lock in the tourney? Oh, they're absolutely a lock. And and I would say, you know, unless the committee really misses on them, uh, they, they they should be far enough away from really the only negative scenario, and that would be to be in an 8-9 game, right? Because uh, nobody wants that. Because uh, if you win, your chances aren't that great of advancing, obviously because you play – a one seed. Now, one seeds don't win every time in the round of 32, but they are one seeds for a reason. And uh, mo- most people would rather even be a 10 or an 11 and take their chances in the first round than avoid that 8-9 spot. Um, so I would say I, 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 I can't imagine them being worse than a 7, but, but you know, let's say they lose in the semifinals. And it drops them from a five to a six. That 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 would be the worst I would see. And in a way, the uh, uh, way the WCC brackets its postseason tournament is really helping BYU at this point, because unless someone upsets St. Mary's in the quarterfinals, they can't take a bad loss at this point, right? Like. Th- the only teams they can lose to are St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Absolutely. They can't lose to San Diego or Little Marymount or whomever. Uh, I, I mean, I guess they could lose to an upset winner over St. Mary's, and I haven't looked, you know, as to who that could be. But let's just assume that's not going to happen. <laughs> Still, I got to sleep sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So, assuming that that the three teams, so you have BYU, St. Mary's, and Gonzaga on on Monday, WCC a lock to get three bids into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I believe the, they are. I, I, I believe the only way St. Mary's could even be in any trouble would be to lose to somebody named not named BYU or. Gonzaga. Now I know they're going to sweat it out uh, because St. Mary's has has seen this movie before, uh, and and generally he did well for them as a bubble team. But they scheduled way way better this year, and they won some of those non-league games: uh, Wisconsin, Utah State, Arizona State, uh, and they did get the one win, you know, over the top two teams in the league that overtime game against BYU. I was at that game actually. And uh, it was that I went up to Mark Pope and, you know, he was crestfallen. And I said, I said, you know, this in no way knocks you out. I said, you're you're going to be in. And, you know, at that time, it it, it looked more like a bubble situation. But getting healthy, playing well, beating the Zags in that epic game a couple of weeks ago. I've said along, I just think BYU has great pieces. And they they got a lot of shot makers and older guys who aren't afraid. I absolutely think they're good enough to play in the second weekend. 
Joe, it's great to talk to you. We appreciate the time amidst your busy schedule, and we wish you many solid hours of sleep whenever you can get them. Well, that'll be in April. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Joe. See you later. Joe Lenardi on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. A lot of interesting things addressed there, primarily that BYU, because of Sunday play, will probably be knocked down a seed line. But he did say it wouldn't be more than a seed line, and he also did say what Tom Homo told us. There is a scenario where you could actually bump the team up one seed line, but it's more than likely going to be an adjustment of down a seed line based on just the bracketing principles. Now, when you say seed line, let's clarify. There are two different types here. Seed line meaning 1 through 68, so from 20 to 19, as opposed to 5 seed, 2 4 seed, or 2 6 seed, right? It should just move one spot in the overall, and then they look, right? It shouldn't go down. It depends where you are. Are you the last 5 seed? Now you're a 6 seed, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and we just found out that Jerry Palm of CBS and his latest bracket, current as of this morning, has BYU as a five seed. There you go. Playing in St. Louis in the Midwest for a potential Sweet 16 matchup and rematch with Kansas. Yeah, let, let's go. I, four, five, six. I, I'd prefer four or five. Those are better options, obviously, but uh, be happy with anything that uh, isn't seven, eight, or nine. I'm getting picky at this point. When you're nine and net, you're good. You, d- you shouldn't be a 7, right? 28 through 31? Nah, let's go. In Our- the teens. To the teens. We are live in Vegas. Huge show rolling. Coming up, Sean Olmstead from Honolulu on the big one versus 2 matchup tonight. And ESPN's Roxy Bernstein will join us. Who really deserved the West Coast Conference Player of the Year? This is BYU Sports Nation. Does it rhyme with Noli? Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We are live from the studio Orleans in Las Vegas alongside Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. We are pleased to bring in Roxy Bernstein, play-by-play broadcaster extraordinaire for ESPN. And, yes, BYU TV this week and the West Coast Conference. I get to make my BYU game debut tonight. BYU yeah, we're TV. Excited, huh? Go, yeah, man. Me too. It's going to be fun. And then Dave Rose working with us tonight. You ever heard of this guy, Dave Rose? Uh, da- uh, David. I David. I got it to David. He's changed okay. to David. Make sure you address call, him no, as David Rose. Tonight. David Rose. <laughs> the broadcaster. Well, like, oh David. <laughs> it's, great to have, it's, it's great to have you with us, seriously, for a week of March Madness in Vegas. This is awesome. I mean, this tournament, this year of all years, considering how much better the league is, for years, the bottom of the league struggled, right? And this year, the league has been so much better. When you look at... Not just the top, right? We know how good Gonzaga is. And BYU is on a great roll right now. And they're one of the elite teams also right now. And St. Mary's has been consistent for years. But when you look at the next tier, right? USF, Pacific. I mean, Santa Clara's got a chance for their 20th win tonight. And they just lost six in a row prior to losing, uh, beating Portland last Saturday. So I think it goes to show how strong this league is now in the depth. And the coaches and everything that's going on in this league, it's setting up for a great tournament. We've been talking a lot about what seed should BYU get. They're nine in Neb, but they have a six seed in, in Lenardi's bracket. We just talked to uh, Joe yesterday. Was he in the cave? Just aired that. Because, you know, Bill Walton What's says that in... Lenardi lives in a cave. He, w- he was in a hotel. <laughs> Depends on the hotel, whether it's a cave, right? Well, if you remember, I, during the BYU game at St. Mary's, I, I brought it up to him. The night Bill ate peanut butter off the television screen. Who can forget such a momentous <laughs> occasion? But I, I, I had to find out. Please, Joe, put this rumor to bed. You do not live in a cave. And he confirmed he doesn't. Oh, okay. So, and we tried to get Bill for the tourney. It just 
He, not enough peanut butter. Please. What's the issue? Yeah. Please. Jerem, is it? Bill with two L's. How are you? <laughs> with two L's. <laughs> what a great band Rush is. I remember. He doesn't know Rush who they are. He's, you know, he's the Whatever, dead. man. He, he's Fogarty. He's CCR. He's Bob Dylan. He doesn't know who Rush is. He doesn't. <laughs> oh, Bill Walton. You've done that, Roxy. And that's why you earned the right to broadcast. <laughs> that, that was mainly your tryout. It wasn't your other accomplishments. <laughs> it was that you could handle William. Please. Yes. Please. Little Billy. Please. Little, little Bill with two L's. Bill don't with two forget L's. it. Roxy Bernstein with us on BYU Sports Nation. Jeremy and I had a little bit of a fun tiff uh, after the coaches voted Philip Petrushev the player of the year in the West Coast Conference. And we looked at the numbers and thought, okay, Yoli Childs, we feel, is the best player in the conference. Why didn't he earn it? What Did he deserve it over Petrushev? I, I think that Yoli missing those games with the injury, I think, contributed to him not winning player of the year. Um, w- when you look at Gonzaga, Petrushev is their best player and their most maybe important player. The same thing could be said for Yoli with BYU. Although Hawes has played great, hit some huge shots, of course, in the game against St. Mary's. Toulson's been a great addition coming back to BYU. Can he be newcomer of the year, even though he was already at the school? We asked we the had question. That question. We had league, to ask the, the question. Was like, yes, it, before. So he yeah. can. Yes. Okay. Well, he was already here for two years. I guess, yeah. It was like a season and a half. He but left, it's a great yeah. comeback story. Sure. So Comeback player. Um, and then you look at St. Mary's and Fitz and Ford. You know the guy that I think, and maybe nobody's talking about him, how about your little trip from Pacific? Defensive player of the year and a first-teamer. I mean, where, where would Pacific be without him? And Damon Stoudemire's gotten the Tigers to fourth, right? What a job. He's well-deserving of coach of the year. Mark Pope's got a case, I think, also. A case? Uh, a strong case. Can we talk about it for a sec? Okay. So Pacific only played Gonzaga and BYU once. That's my That's issue true. with that. If they play it's both not Damon's team- fault. It's the league. Well, maybe it is because they were bad the year before. <laughs> and the, the, their net ranking right. was low. So. Right. Yeah, wait a minute. He was still the coach. No, yeah. but for sure, Damon Stoudemire and Pacific have had a nice banner year. We were just like, wait a minute. And and I, there's those on the outside that go, well, they had this talented players. Yoli Child is gone if Mark Pope's not here. Jake Tulson doesn't come back. So he, Alex Barcelo comes. And then you have to win. And, oh, by the way, nine-game suspension, four games with the finger with Yoli. Oh, by the way, Jake Tulson played with the – can we make Mark, Mark Pope, Pope the can he be of GM year? of the year? How's that? <laughs> right? Seriously. To Seriously. get Toulson to come to down the road. Pieces. Yeah, and then get Yoli to come back and then get Barcelo to transfer in from Arizona and get the waiver so he's eligible immediately. Did I, we just think, create that? I think we, we did. The BYU TV GM of the year in the West Coast Conference. Well, what do you think? Let's take the BYU TV out of it because it looks too biased, you know? Okay. So the. BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> the Roxy Bernstein. GM of the year in the West Coast Conference. That's not a mouthful at all. Uh, this tournament's especially fun. You talked about the bottom, but uh, St. Mary's is the reigning champ of this tournament on the men's side. And in comes BYU having defeated Gonzaga recently. Um, I still think this is Gonzaga's tournament to lose. I joke that it's the Gonzaga Invitational. Mark, presented, Mark Few Invitational. Presented by the West Coast Conference, right? Um, because the way they pack this place, the tradition they have, if they lose, it's this huge upset. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, but I, I still have the Zags as kind of the team to beat here. I'm with you, and I think it gives them an advantage being the one that St. Mary's and BYU, assuming that they advance. Uh, well, BYU is going to be waiting for St. Mary's, but assuming the Gales win and get to Monday night, and that's going to be a battle. Well, And Gonzaga will, on paper at least, have the easier game to get to the championship. So I, I think it does play in to what you're saying, Jeremy, that it is – 
Mark Few and Gonzaga's tournament to lose. And oh, by the way, you could give Mark Few the coach of the year every year. That's like, true. Well, he's won it with 13 times. That's crazy. It could be every year. Yeah. It, it really is. Two games. The, the, Mar- the Mark Few Coach of the Year Award goes to Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> <laughs> they should rename it that. Like, legitimately. 13 times. When he retires, he'll probably get that named after him, but yeah. he's still going strong. He's unbelievable. Play by play specialist Roxy Bernstein on BYU Sports Nation. We are live in Las Vegas. I'd like to set up our next question with our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since the year 2000, no team lower than a three seed has won the West Coast Conference Tournament. And only one time has the three seed in the last 21 years won the West Coast Conference Tournament. It's always been the one or the two. So who doesn't have a shot? Was it San Diego? In 2008. 2008, out on their home floor at the Slim Gym. That was a big deal, right? Yeah. And maybe that's the reason that it's neutral now. It's... Well, also, why wouldn't you want it here in Vegas? True. I mean, come on. True. Destination. But the changes have generally exactly. been made to accommodate Gonzaga's will. So with that in mind, Roxy, who's the team not named BYU, St. Mary's, or Gonzaga that has a chance to really mess up the bracket? I'm going to go with the USF Dons. Uh, Todd Golden, they got their 20th win the other day. Although any time Pepperdine takes the floor, they got Colby Ross who can take over a game. But there's something different about playing USF and their style. Um, and if they're hitting shots, that's the thing is if they're not making their threes, it could be a long day. But if they're na- nailing their threes and playing that nerd ball and spreading it out, nerd ball, nobody knows it I better like than it. BYU who lost on the hilltop. See, so they could be dangerous in this team. But those two teams at five and six, you can't say that in most years, but this is a year. And you look at Pepperdine played Gonzaga tough both times lost by five up in the kennel and it was a tie game until about 10 minutes to go in the game in malibu now they did play without tilly in that game in malibu but those two teams are difficult to play against especially for pepperdine if they could stay out of foul trouble the edwards brothers and ross so those five six teams are, are going to be tough outs in this tournament all right roxy great to have you with us we look forward to your call tonight lmu san diego santa clara and portland let's get this thing going i really wish i knew something about this david rose guy who's joining us <laughs> david rose david rose dave david podcast yeah we're just told little davy yeah <laughs> little davy thanks Roxy. you got it coming up men's volleyball number two in the coaches poll but number one in the ab poll yes it is a one versus two epic matchup on the islands we'll preview it with sean olmstead this is byu sports nation BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU TV will have extensive coverage of the West Coast Conference Basketball Championships again this year. Coverage begins later today for opening round games. Eight-seed Santa Clara, nine-seed San Francisco on the women's side starting at 3 Eastern. Watch it on BYU TV and the app. Teamed up with Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. We are live from the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. Good to be with you. And joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline from Hawaii, we're all over the place. We're in Vegas and Hawaii, is the head coach of BYU Volleyball, Sean Olmstead, 16-0, second best start in program history. Coach, great to have you with us. How are you? Guys, thanks for always having me. Doing great. Uh, and, how- you're, and you're on a hike right now, right? Yeah, I'm just, uh, guys are still asleep, so what is workout? Yeah, just going up uh, Cocoa Head, I think it's called. How's so, the weather in Honolulu right now? Uh, horrible. Just, just <laughs> disgusting. You wouldn't want to be here. <laughs> Thank you. We feel much better in Las Vegas, where it is. No, there's a cloud in the sky. <laughs> 70-something, probably. It's beautiful here. 
All right, Sean, obviously this is an incredible matchup between number one ranked Hawaii and your number two ranked BYU Cougars. What's your mentality and emotion going into a, a game in the regular season that we haven't seen uh, this big since probably back when you played in 2001? Yeah, it's just, I, t- I tell the guys that it's uh, exciting, you know. What an opportunity to be in this position at this point in the season with the record that those guys have and the record that we have. We're matching up, and, you know, we think the world of Fieldhouse, but be our Hawaii's right there in terms of the fan support, the community support. So we get to play in their gym, sold-out arena, and uh, so we're excited for the guys. And it's just, it's pretty cool, and I think the timing's great. For both programs because we're midway through we get to uh really see where we're we're at and then we get to also move forward after this match to improve on what we need to improve on for the rest of the season how do you feel you stack up with hawaii because obviously both teams are undefeated both teams have had tremendous seasons so far hawaii was the national runner-up last year losing in fort long beach state and uh byu hoping to be right there at the end of the season as well yeah, no, I think uh, it's a pretty even matchup uh, across the board. If you look at it by players and statistically, uh, pretty close. And so that's how that's how we look at it. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, come down to who uh, plays a clean game, you know, limits limits their errors and puts the most pressure uh, on their opponents and, and is able to ride kind of the ebbs and flows of this match because it's going to be emotional, it's going to be exciting. And so I think we had a great practice last night. I really liked where the guys were at. They've been really uh, businesslike here. You know, we've we've gone down to the beach once, and that's it. And the rest of the time, they've been focused on kind of the task at hand. BYU Volleyball sent out a picture of the guys on the beach. Uh, Andrew Lincoln, uh, eight-pack? Like, that was incredible, dude. Yeah, no, Link, Link is like that, you know. Unfortunately, he's <laughs> had some... Some, some injuries and, and they've limited his his playing time but he's he's a guy that you know whether or not he can play 100 percent or is cleared 100 percent, he's going to be with our team he's a team kid and uh the funny thing is the night before uh, he got kicked out of the weight room at the hotel at 10 p.m they came down i was down at the lobby doing something else and they came and kicked out lincoln because <laughs> he was still in there doing his surprise and tries <laughs> <laughs> He says he's got 100 days in a row of uh, 100 buys and 100 tries, and he had to get there. So he just asked the guy, come on, I got 20 more. So the guy let him stay, but that's pretty – he actually got kicked out the, the night we landed here at 10 p.m. So wow. he's uh, – the guys went down there just for a bit, and uh, it's a great group, and we were really good about it. We stayed there 20, 30 minutes, and then we're back to business. Wow, that is dedication to the craft. He deserves the eight-pack. My goodness. Sean Olmsted with yeah. us on BYU Sports Nation, head coach of BYU Volleyball. You brought up the Stan Sheriff Center a little bit. Uh, you've played some epic matches and some emotional matches there, including 2004 when you won a national title. What memories come back to you when you are practicing and uh, walk back into the Stan Sheriff Center? Oh, every memory comes back. Each time you go in there, and I told the guys that, and this is what I would give to be in this match and switch spots with you guys. That was the last competitive match I played, you know, uh, 2004, Long Beach State, 1917, I think, in the fifth set, and uh, down 10 6, down 12 9. And so I just tell the guys that what a special, special place. And I feel it every time I walk in there. So we've got practice there this morning. I'm always excited to go back, and so it'll be fun. 
Let's uh, finish with this. The opposite matchup is pretty fun. Perhaps the top two in the country in Rado Patapunov and Gabi Garcia Fernandez. What do you expect from the opposites tonight? Yeah, the, both, both those guys, of course. That's a, that's a great observation. And like I said, pretty evenly matched, I feel like, across the board. But those are the two guys that are going to, uh, you know, going to be called on by both teams to carry a large load. And they're going to be, you know, Potapunov is going to be a guy they look for uh, when they need to score a point. The same thing with Gabby. You know, we're not going to disguise that. We've got to get the ball to Gabby to uh, get out of some situation and score points. And both those guys are going to be aggressive from the service line. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch those guys go after. Those are the exciting parts of uh, our sport. Sean, we are sending you BYU Sports Nation karma all the way from Las Vegas to Hawaii. Uh, we wish you the best of luck tonight. Power through that awful weather in Honolulu and uh, get to business tonight. All right. Appreciate it, guys. I always think, uh, appreciate everything you guys do. You got it. Sean Olmstead, the head coach of BYU men's volleyball on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Both undefeated. Well, somebody's going down tonight, man. This is uh, as big of a non-conference or even conference matchup you could ask for in the regular season, barring a championship on the line, right? I'm hoping this is the national championship match in May as well in Fairfax, Virginia. That's the hope. This is game one of three, hopefully. Have you made your reservations for Fairfax yet, Jeremy? Because you probably should do Al- that. Almost. Yeah, you probably should do yeah, that. We're, we're figuring out logistics. Let's go. Coming up, is the resume still awesome for Cougar Hoops? And our rise and shout-outs, including a former BYU baseball pitcher making a name for himself with a certain Major League Baseball team I happen to like. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Las Vegas from the Orleans Arena. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. The show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And you can download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. Hit the music. It's time to do a BYU basketball resume update. BYU still top 10 in the net rankings. Love number it. nine. Love they it. are number 10 in Ken Palm. Holding steady at 14 in ESPN's Basketball Power Index. The Cougars are up one spot in the Jeff Sagarin ratings at number 16 My today. Jeff. Sagarin has the Cougars, yes, at 16. Strength of record at 25. And then, hey, they're up one in KPI. <sighs> Yay, to 28. To 28. Bracket matrix, Jerem. Ken Palm interface. Does he have a second one? It's KPI. What is it? Bracket matrix. There are 86 brackets featured today. Only 86. Why, why is it 109 one day and 86 the next? I don't know. How Better that updated? Is that what it is? BYU has an average seed of 5.35. And we told you earlier in the program that J.P. Palm, CBS, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, has BYU as a five seed playing in the Midwest bracket in St. Louis. How much more fun is this than the whole NIT nonsense Amazing. the last couple of years? And maybe we didn't even make the NIT last year. How about how about that? How about a year late? Like the last time we were in this gym before today, we were lost to San Diego. And it was just miserable. And they were down 40. Just awful. Weren't they down 40? Yoli Child's going, yeah. You're always down 20, and I asked you, is the game over right now? The first half. We're in here. We're talking about number nine in net, and, and uh, BYU just crushing it right now. High seed at three, low of eight, and what? Wow. Awesome. Rootables. Air Force for San Diego State. That's like down the street, by the way, in the Thomas and Mac. Uh, Root for San Diego State in that one. Okay. Uh, Boise State versus UNLV. 
two opponents that BYU's played. I would say UNLV because UNLV is 107. If they are a top 100 team, that becomes a quad two. Another quad two victory. will stay in the 135. So that's whatever. UNLV and UCLA have both come on so strong late in the season. I didn't think I could like the Rebels, but here we are in Vegas liking the Rebels. And Utah State versus New Mexico. I think Utah State needs to continue to win to stay top 50. So that's a quad one. Sure. And they're playing with some desperation for sure. And the revenge factor because they just lost at New Mexico. Right. Well, it's not the pit. The snake, is that his name? Snake? He's not. Yeah, yes. Well, maybe he'll be here. Who knows? Okay, yeah, so those are the rootables. By the way, Auburn uh, lost last night, and that, I th- in my opinion, is why BYU is a five seed in CBS Sports Latest Bracketology because Auburn was on the Auburn five seed. They're now down to a six. I think they flip-flop BYU there. That's part of the rootables, too, right, is the seeds around BYU. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To get out of the way. Yeah. Our question of the day, does BYU deserve a higher seed consideration than a six right now? If so, why? Our Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Joe Brady 12 on Twitter. The diehard fan in me says yes. The realist in me says that a six is probably fair. No bad losses, great. But I think four and four and quad one wins probably sets BYU up for a six. No, that's a really good. That's as many as Duke has. Four quad one wins. If BYU could have stolen one more quad one win, I think BYU could have expected a five. They're going to play a quad one on Monday, probably. They could beat St. Mary's Mary's. and be five and four in quad one. If BYU, if it's St. Mary's, BYU wins, then they'd play another quad one with Gonzaga. BYU could have two quad ones sitting there. I've seen a lot of fans tweet in that they'd rather have a six than a five because of the dreaded 5-12 match. A 12 seed's going to upset a five seed. You know what also happens? That two five seeds always win, too. And if you're scared, buy a dog. Today's rise and shout-out. Jeremy, what do you have for the rise and shout-out? I mentioned it with John Olmstead. Uh, very impressed by, uh, I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. Andrew Lincoln, the eight pack. Holy shnikes. And he got kicked out of the weight room last night. Wow. That's dedication. Uh, my rise shout out goes to Michael Rucker of the Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Making a name for himself in major league baseball spring training. He struck out his dribble Cabrera to get out of a major jam yesterday nice. in the O's game. Love it. He combined uh, with two others to pitch five scoreless innings. He's uh, he's doing good things for the Orioles. I hope he makes it to the majors. That'd be great. Yeah. Our thanks to today's guests, Joe Lenardi, Roxy Bernstein, and Sean Olmstead Loaded Show. Sorry to spit it ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Steve Trumbull. See you back here in two hours for game one of BYU TV's extensive live coverage from the WCC tournament. Go Cougs!